and welcome to Life of Die, the podcast which discusses all things role-playing and wargaming related. I'm your regular host, Gordon, and in this latest episode I'm joined by Craig, my epic collaborator. Hi Craig. Hello. Thanks for joining me again, and tonight we're talking about the Orcs. Now, the last time we had a conversation, we are talking about Chaos, and I feel I was a bit down on Chaos. I don't think I was <laughs> firing on all cylinders. I have my reservations about certain units in Chaos, which you all know about if you listen to that episode, so... I'm delighted to say we're covering the Orcs tonight, and I really love the Orcs, so <laughs> I think I'll be a bit more upbeat than I was in the Chaos one. As usual, it's the same format, we're going to be covering our favourite 2, 3, 4 and 5k armies for 2nd edition Space Marine, and again, this is not an exhaustive list, it's not, we're not going to cover every single unit, um, we're just going to talk about our favourites really, and we will try and talk about a few other units at the end of the podcast if you feel there's and I think there will be, because I know what both our lists are. <laughs> there will be a few, a few gaps to cover over. So I suppose the best place to start with the Orcs is, before we even get into the list, we need to talk a little bit about how they're organised, because it's a bit different to most of the other forces. I think you'd probably agree with that, Craig, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they still follow some of the, you know, the same building blocks, but they're just a wee bit, a wee bit odd. Yeah, it's the same kind of structure. Instead of companies, they have clan cards, and that is your base building block. And again, you can take up to five support cards. There's no minimum this time there was with Chaos. It was, you had to take at least three support cards, but you can have none if you want. And for every company card, you can also take a special card. Again, not mandatory, but very helpful, as we'll discover. The other thing to say is that in the... When you're picking your clans, you can't take the same one twice unless you have already taken all of the clans, which is pretty much near impossible because if you did, you're probably going to be talking about 8,000 points or something like that. Well, not impossible, <laughs> but most of our listeners, um, well, certainly we don't usually play 8,000 points. I think the most we've played is maybe a 7,000 or something. I'm not sure, Craig, what the largest one. Five is kind of the upper end for us most of the time, though, I would say. Yeah, that's about right. The other thing to say about the orcs, which is really important, is about their organisation. Basically, the core of every clan, there is the command unit, which is the orc nobles, or nobs, as they're more commonly referred to. So they're the kind of core command units, and everybody that's in your mob basically everything so everything in the clan and the support cards by and large have to be within one of their models in each of those units has to be within 10 centimeters of a knob stand which is fairly limiting so you've got to be kind of careful this is a reason why i would say orcs aren't the best if you're just starting out in epic because it's they take a wee bit of getting used to for me because of this drill this is also a tactical thing as well. The knobs basically are absolutely key. You do not want to have them killed. If they're killed off, the army goes into uh, natural instincts. I'm not going to go through what they all are, but for example, the bad moons will go on first fire orders and goths will go on to effectively charge orders. So these kind of natural instincts take over. A lot of the time they're actually fine for what you've set them up to do, but it's not ideal. You definitely want to protect the knobs. The thing I would say to anybody that's playing orcs is that the boys just treat them as total cannon fodder. The enemy can't target the knob stands while 
there's any closer units to them. So that basically allows you to kind of <laughs> to, to basically put a whole load of troops out in front of the knobs and allow the knobs to the other ones that can really do the damage because they get two attack dice as opposed to one. And depending on what clan you've taken, usually the to save modifiers better as well, and possibly the the range is as well in some instances. So that's the thing I think is absolutely key to understanding is you're going you're going to have to keep some units very close by to those knobs. You're probably going to have to space them out as far as you can because the knobs themselves are restricted by the command rule, which means they ha they can't be any more than six centimeters apart. So basically, go what's that twenty four centimeters if you spread them all out. I think it's that. <laughs> but basically, if you spread them out. And then you need to have, for each formation you have, one of the vehicles has to be within 10 centimetres of one of those knobs. So, yeah, you can spread them out a little bit, but you have to be really, really careful with them. Anyway, I think that's as much as I want to say about the kind of basics of the orcs, about the, the rules. So I think we can just crack on and uh, get stuck into our 2,000 point lists. So over to you, Craig. I'll let you go first. Sure thing. Uh, so for my 2,000 points, I have taken the Badman clan um, as my first clan card. So the Badmans are a wee bit more shooty than the other orc clans. Um, and as you said earlier, their kind of instinct is to do first fire against the closest unit to them. So if they do fall out of um, command, then that's what they'll fall back to, uh, which in some cases isn't such a bad thing. So they're a fairly standard composition. It's 15 stanza boys and, and four knobs. So yeah, generally that's the, they kind of form that more shooty element to an orc force and to go with them i've taken some brain crushers which are a really good kind of sniper unit effectively they're um, 100 centimeter range i think they hit a four plus and do uh minus two or is it minus three minus three minus three yeah uh, sorry hitting a three plus yeah hitting a three plus doing a minus three so they're really good for wiping out heavier um, armor or taking down titans that sort of thing so yep yeah, stick them at the back of the board on a hill and let them do their thing and again it's not a massive problem if you want to then take the badmans forward that the um, take the knobs forward with the rest of the boys and leave them on a hill somewhere just to take shots because they'll do some damage the other clan i've taken is the cult of speed so these are effectively 10 war buggies and five knob war bikes and again they're got a little bit of a balance of kind of shootiness and close combat and they're the kind of fast unit for the orcs getting up the board really quickly so yeah i've taken them i think they're a really strong card for 400 points um, and to go with them, I've taken a mechboy lift the dropper speedster. Um, again, it's a bit of a gamble, funny unit to use, as is most of the orc stuff. But it does get you access to uh, mechboy repair cards to go with that. So we can talk a little bit of them um, later on. But effectively, they're bonuses to your orcs that you can play, depending on the time says in the card. So they can grant you things like extra movement or extra close assault or even weirder things like that. So taking that with them. Uh, I've also taken some Evil Sun's Bowel Burners. Now, I think we, we talked a little bit about this beforehand. We've, we've asked the question of the community as well about um, Cult of Speed taking Evil Sun's um, specific cards. Now, that's another thing we, we didn't really mention, but the, there's a, like, sort of specific support cards for each clan and they need to go with that clan. They, they can't be taken by other clans out with that, apart from when it comes to the Death Skulls, who can take anything. But it was definitely, in my head, it was errated at some point that the Cult of Speed could take Evil Sun's cards. And um, we've asked that of the community, and I think that's the general consensus, is, is that's what it is. So General consensus and, and the Chambers themselves chimed in as well to agree 
that it was yeah. available. So that to me is canon. Absolutely. But yeah, definitely it's written that way in the Net Epic for sure. But I certainly remember playing that rule as, as a kid pre Net Epic. So it must have been somewhere written down or mentioned in White Dwarf or something. But anyway, all that aside, I am taking some, some Bible Burners, which are cheap flame unit just to ride along with the cult of speed and pick anyone out of any forests or buildings that they come across now to go with that i've taken a mech boy garden gargant sorry which is the smallest of the gargants again it's a bit of a, bit of a weird and wonderful weapon it's built by the, the mech boy so it's got a bit of a different power field style to the, the rest of the gardens gargants making it effectively invincible in some regards and then very vulnerable in others so um again it's a bit of a gamble unit like most of the orc stuff and in a 2000 point list taking a 450 point special card is a bit of a gamble as well but um, i love it so i'm taking it was the weapons like because i only took it the once and I, I can't remember how, how great it was it is it it's a bit like the custom cannon on the, the met boys where you kind of roll dice or something to see how many attack dice it gets or something one of the weapons yeah i mean it's, it's effectively got that kind of custom cannon it's also got a choice of um, kind of main arms it's got a super lift to drop arm which is similar to the super lift to drop or speedster so it's quite long range and does a lot of damage if you can pull it off you can also have kind of close combat buzzsaw arms with which also do some ranged attacks because they've got they've got cannons mounted on the side of them and the same goes for the crusher arm as well and um, but yeah the custom cannons like a four plus to hit minus two modifier 50 centimeter range but variable attack dice and um, so it can be quite devastating can also misfire the same as those chaos cannon accord which i really dislike <laughs> exactly yeah. however Here's- the difference being from memory when it misfires certainly it's the case i'll come to this when we get to the Met boys later on, the, the Renegade Met boys, that the rather than the cannon of corn where it's just like automatically destroyed, it's actually a minus two to save modifiers. So you've actually got a chance of surviving it, which I, I much prefer to that kind of auto death. I have to say. Yeah, well, well for the Mech Boy Gorgon, if you misfire with the custom cannon, it just um, you roll in the damage chart for that weapon. So there's a chance it might just be damaged. There's a chance of us can get blown off and cause flashbacks and fires and things, but um, probably not the end of the world if it goes if it goes wrong. Hopefully not. But again, <laughs> like the, the theme will be tonight, I think, is uh, most of the orc stuff is a bit of a gamble when it comes to the weirder and wonderful weapons. Um, but yeah, definitely take a Mech Boy Gorgon just as it maybe draws a little bit of fire as well. It's just cool to field it. For my other special card I've taken the war boss which is effectively a beefed up knob he's the leader of the that pulls these clans together and gets them to fight under his banner so he can pull these um, desperate forces together because he's the biggest I think is how it works uh, but yeah he's, he's effectively a beefed up knob better close assault he comes with five knobs as his bodyguard as well and a couple of battle wagons so yeah really really powerful unit for 250 points you can pretty much get them to gang up um, in close combat against things like titans and bring them down if you really wanted to or just have them shoot as well they've got that really powerful custom weapons and having them in the battle wagons obviously gets them up closer quicker so yeah i think they're, that's a really really powerful unit to have on the field the other reason i think they're quite powerful is because for the reasons i set out at the start they're because they are sort of operating these huge mobs basically mm-hmm. One of the problems you can have play, as an orc player, if you're up against again, it, pretty much actually any of the other <laughs> any of the other forces, they tend to have units that can branch off all over the place because they don't have those same constructions. Imperial Guard actually would be an exception, but mm-hmm. the rest of them pretty much you can 
send your units wherever you want to. Whereas because the orcs are moving as these huge mobs, it makes it kind of harder from the point of view of taking objectives. Yep. Um, because, you're again, you're running about in these huge mobs. So the orc war boss is actually quite important from that point of view as well, because it effectively gives you a unit that can act on its own. Definitely. And so it's important that way. I actually also think if you really want to game it, war bosses are the way to go, genuinely. <laughs> I love Gargants, mm-hmm. but if you really want to win with the orcs, to me, you would ignore the Gargants and just load your whole force up with war bosses. Not very not very flavourful, I have to say. So I've not done that. Um, it's <laughs> later on before the Gargants are introduced, and I'll explain the reasons why at the time. But No, no, that's fair enough. The gamiest way to play the orcs, and probably the most successful way, again, if you're really desperate for a win, I think war bosses as your special cards would be would be the way to go. Yeah, they're amazing for the for the points when you consider the you know compare them to gargants. Yeah, I think I think I would caveat my list with that as well that I'm I'm trying to get a bit of a spread of units throughout. But again, one of the things with the orcs that we can come to discuss is that if you take multiple units of the same card type, they actually form a mob and activate as a single unit and add to the breakpoint of that unit and activate at the same time. So there is actually a little bit of encouragement with the orcs to sort of spam units when you want. So a lot of the time I would take multiple cards of brain crushers or multiple cards of um bell burners or, or that kind of thing just to get them mobbed up in that way. Yeah, I can't remember if, if my list do that or not. I think I've tried to keep it to kind of unique things where possible, but yeah, as you say, if you're desperate for a win, there's there's a few slightly dirty tactics you can use <laughs> perfectly <laughs> perfectly within the rules. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And the spirit. I mean, to me, yeah, the orcs are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They would do things like that anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, again, I'm not sure how. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you can take multiple war bosses. There's nothing to say that you can't, although, just from the kind of lore perspective, I don't know how um, two war bosses would feel about commanding the same army. I don't know if there'd be a bit of infighting and only one would survive at that point. But Well, I suppose the way that I look at it is that it's the, the war bosses. He's in charge of his own clan, mm. and it's just that they all happen to be there. Okay. As far as I can tell, there's no no limitation. On no, I mean, all. I know Netepic brought in that you had to have specific levels of commander for the force in order to keep all the clans in order. Um, so I think for Netepic, after you take two or more clans, you need to take a war boss, and then after that, you need to take a warlord, and then you need to get up to kind of a gargant to command it later on. So I guess that was their way of getting you know around that a little bit of a anomaly in the lore. But yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> this is I'm happy to have multiple war bosses in the field. Yeah, they're they're definitely worth having. Another weird thing about the orcs. Well, I don't know if it's weird, but there's a, most armies have got some sort of like free card, but uh, the orcs have got a few options. So they've got a free special card, which we'll talk about later. Um, but they've also got the mad boys as a a free card. Now, effectively, I've I've got it represented here as one card, and in the photos, I've just got it as four stands of proxied boys. But um, effectively, you can fill up all of your remaining support card slots with mad boys, and they'll form a mob. So in this case, I've got six of them in total. Seven? Yeah, sorry, seven mad boys, which each of those four stands joins to form this massive mob. And then the mad boys are a crazy unit themselves. They can do very little uh, or do nothing or they can go crazy and probably wreak havoc. Um, but there's a thing as a D60 table you roll on to see what they do. Very much a gamble. 
I haven't. You won't see the, these are my forces, but it's just you can assume that they're there. Yeah, I think I, I was. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've got enough cards to represent them. And again, models-wise, I think I'd probably end up proxying them for this specifically because I'm getting up to what twenty-four stands of sorry, twenty-eight stands <laughs> of them at this point, and this is just the first list off the block. So yeah, uh, they're just there as a, a representation of a Mad Boys mob, but there will be lots of them. And that's just yeah, you just fill up all the remaining support slots that you've got with them. Um, so yeah, that's my two thousand points. Okay. Yeah, we've actually gone very similar. You know, I think it's worth worth mentioning. The two of us have both taken the Cult of Speed and the Bad Moon Clan as our kind of base blocks, I think, in, across our forces. The reasons for that, I mean, the Bad Moons are really, really attractive as a contingent. To me, they're the best of the kind of basic Orc boys because of the fact that they've got a 50 range... One dies five or six to hit, which is the same as everybody else, I think. But it's minus two to their save modifiers, so they're actually quite powerful and they can, you know, quite capable of destroying land riders and the like. So it's a really good reason to want to take them, and obviously we've not been able to resist either. They do tend to be the core. I think the bad moons always appear for me in every single list that I've ever done for the Orcs, just because of that reason alone. To me, that's far more attractive to take them because of that minus two to save modifier. It makes a big difference that you can take down vehicles, whereas most of the other boys are zero modifiers, which isn't great unless you're facing a lot of infantry. And let's face it, a lot of infantry will hide in buildings or in woods. So to me, the shooting doesn't tend to be as effective. So that's why it's important for me personally that the bad moons are in there because they do have those minus two to save modifiers. Obviously, the knobs have the I think they're the same. I think they're also minus two from memory. And the, the war bosses as well. The 50 range thing, I suppose, is another thing worth commenting on. Most of the art stuff, by and large, is about 50 centimetres, um, which makes it a bit tricky, again, to be in range. So you, you need to make sure you're getting up the board pretty quickly to get into that 50 range, because it is limiting compared to the, the 75 range. I think we've talked a lot about 75 range and the difference between 50 and 75 in various episodes. So that's another kind of thing to bear in mind with the orcs, particularly because when they run about in these mobs, they tend to be, you know, if they'll get a move rate at 10 centimetres and you're, you're charging them first turn, you're only 20 centimetres into the board. The other player is probably going to, if he's got Imperials, or MD that's kind of fairly manoeuvrable, they're going to have their stuff in place at the end of turn one, so you you certainly want to be advancing at worst in turn two, because really you're going to end up, if you're in a firefight, you, you want to make sure you're in, you're in range and able to fire um, in turn two, so that's something I would mention. And it's the reason why I've taken two battle wagon squadrons and a Skullhammer battle fortress, so that I can basically carry all of my boys get them into position and get them into that 50 range straight off the bat in turn one. The battle wagons, they're not particularly impressive, I have to say, but what I do like about the battle wagons is they are fast and I think at 25 move rate, so they're effectively same speed as a rhino. They can carry three troop stands instead of two that the rhinos have, because the boys are kind of basically crawling all over the, <laughs> clinging on for dear life as they're uh, trundling across the battlefield. They've got a turret, which is, again, an improvement on what the uh, rhino has. It's got 50 range, one dice, five or six, zero modifier, which again is the same kind of drawback that I was kind of talking about with most of the boys and, and things. So that's not amazing, but, you know, it's something at least you can actually fire them. And for me personally, I don't feel the rhinos are really up to that task. You can only get bolters, which are 15 or 6 to hit. So it's definitely an improvement on the on rhinos. And oh, they are, they do cost double the cost of a rhino. So I suppose that's something else to bear in mind. They're slightly weak. They're only 4 plus save. 
So they can enjoy what you're paying for for those extra points between a rhino and that. But you can take rhinos for the orcs except for one clan, which we'll maybe mention at the end. So yeah, the, the bat wagons aren't amazing, but the thing I do like is that because I've got two squadrons, I'm going to be adding four to that break point, which makes it harder for the enemy to break the clan. Yeah, I think we, you did allude to it there. Basically, the, all the support cards are adding to the break point. And so if you've got, it's always a good idea to try and get quite a few support cards on to, to make them hard to break. And hopefully you can defeat your opponent before your stuff starts breaking. Because it can be quite frustrating playing against the Orcs that they can take quite heavy losses before because of that rule um, before they'll break. But when they do, you're going to get a nice big chunk of victory points because that's the, the downside. All the victory points get added up and as soon as they break the opponent gets a lot so it can go both ways if you can if you're doing well and you're able to to break your opponent and uh win the game then brilliant you might actually win it without actually the other side gaining that many points but once your guys start going usually the <laughs> the, the uh, victory point yield will be encouraging your opponents that's for sure the other downside about the orcs probably worth mentioning as well is that most of them have a morale value of four so when it starts coming to morale checks you know, 50-50 chance they might run away, so that's not so good. <laughs> and it's definitely worth worth keeping in mind. The Skullhammer Battle Fortress, I really like them. They're super heavies, which doesn't mean so much in 2nd edition. I'm not going to go through that all again. You've all heard it before, what I think about the super heavies in that epic, which is good. The Skullhammer has a 15cm move rate, can carry 5 trip stands. But one thing it can do is it can go triple speed when it charges. So it's quite good. It's just as effective as the battle wagons, really. Just, well, five centimetres less than a charging battle wagon. The skull hammer can move. And the other thing that's good about it is it's got... It's a blaster cannon, I think they're called, or something like that. It's got 75 range, which is great, again, because most of the orc stuff is 50 range. So that's really good. Two dice, four or more to hit, which is great. And it's a minus two to save modifier. So it's actually like a... I suppose a bit like a, a land raider, but with slightly better armor because it's one plus save and it's got it's got slightly more accuracy, which is really odd to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> so they're they're pretty handy to have. Obviously they are slightly more expensive in a land you know, you get three land raiders for two hundred points, whereas you won't get two for two hundred points. But you know, there's a lot of pluses there. Taking five guys into the fight is good and great for kind of as I say, mobilising the bad moons there. So because I've got the bat wagons and the skull hammer, the two of them should be able to get up the board pretty quickly and into position, ready to first fire the rest of the game. And the other thing that I'm going to take with the bad moons is ah, oh, I don't want to say your, I don't want to say the I word, Craig. What am I going to say instead? Orky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, a very a very orky unit is the weird boy battle tower. Now I really love this this unit i think it's great fun and i've had it go off in my face and lose a game literally in the first turn sorry second turn that we're doing i'll just explain a little bit about what the bad moon battle tower does stats wise it's not amazing it's got 25 move rate which is good it's got a four plus save which means it's a little bit brittle particularly if you're you know there's any land raiders or graph tanks or you know things of that oak against it however <laughs> It can be insanely powerful if you can get away with if you can get it to survive long enough. Basically how it works is at the end of the in the end phase of a given turn, you add up how much power the weird boy who's like in a psyker and he's locked in this tower on this vehicle has soaked up. So for every infantry or artil light artillery, you get one point, cavalry, heavy artillery, vehicles and so on, you only get half a point. You'll get 
d6 points from my gargant if there's one nearby. So basically you add up all these points at the end of the turn and depending on that, how many energy points you've got, you get so many attack dice. Now, I like to have them soaking up over 20 points, which puts it into the danger zone because... I'm just going to tell you what you would get. If you had between 21 and 25 points, you would get 6 attack dice, 150 range, 2 pluses to hit, minus 5 save modifier. Crazy powerful. Mm. And 26 plus points, you get 200 centimetre range, 8 attack dice, 2 plus, minus 5 to save modifiers. So they're really brilliant. <laughs> they're totally amazing. So accurate. And they can deal out all this damage. So you can imagine how quickly you could take a Titan down with that. You know, if you've got the 8 dice, particularly if you get 26 points. The downside is if you go if you accumulate more than twenty, you roll a dice a d6, and on a six, the weird boy overloads, destroying himself and hitting all models within two d6 centimeters. Because I had them all nice and close by, soaking up the power for him. <laughs> Played my nephew one game, and and he absolutely loved it when this I rolled the six and it, <laughs> it overloaded, and I think I rolled. 12 as well for the thing so it was like a total mushroom cloud went off in this, the centre of the board and all my bad moons were pretty much wiped out immediately um, so he, he was really gleeful about that but you know it's worth the risk yeah, <laughs> but it, when it goes off it can be catastrophic definitely and it can it can really end a game pretty much there because if you lose an entire clan particularly at a low points cost like mm -hmm. this then although it's something something i've never tried or really even thought about because i always used to yeah have it going along with my bad boon clan as well and just soaking up the energy from them but i'm assuming you could just put it with the with the mad boys mob and in the example i had earlier if you've got 24 stands of mad boys potentially who are free and effectively you know could be useless throughout the game you could just use them as the psychic fodder for your weird boy i think you've still got to be attached to knobs so i don't think it's an independent unit so i think you would have to be right Makes i don't sense. think you could do that i mean obviously if you had the mad boys nearby you that would help you soak them up yeah yeah it may be a better way to go but you would definitely need at least one of your knobs to be within 10 centimeters of it i don't know if you want to give them real um you know get them to attack a specific target i guess but if you were if you weren't too fussy you could leave it on instinct through um instinct rules and then just let it first fire at the closest thing i suppose yeah never thought of yeah it's worth yeah it's an interesting it's a bit of a gamble either way but yeah mm. so anyway that's my bad moons and i've also taken the cult of speed and i also wanted to beef up their numbers so i've taken the bill burners same as yourself you know what i think of these kind of flame weapons with that big template great for smoking out infantry so i always want them in a force if i can take them and i've taken them here and i've also taken um, some extra knobs war bikes and i've taken the bike boys mob i suppose one thing i'd like to say about the cult of speed is it's a bit the same as the, how i was describing with the you know, the basic clans with the knobs being the power behind the throne exactly the same thing except on bikes and the knob war bikes are actually pretty good because the bikes, I think the war buggies are exactly the same. I think they're uh, 30 centimetres move rate. So they're really fast. To be honest, the war buggies aren't particularly impressive from a shooting point of view. It's only 25 range, one dice, five, six, zero modifier. Uh, they've got plus two calf, which is okay. Although obviously Imperials, Eldar, Scots in particular, would have an edge over them in close combat. But it's not, you know, it's not terrible, but Again, the same thing. I would treat these the same as I would treat the boys. These are the cannon fodder. You definitely want to protect knobs more bikes because they're fast, as I said, 30 centimetre move. They do have a basic save of six. Doesn't mean too much if anything to save modifier will hit you. They do have a plus five calf, which is great for a bike, as we just mentioned there. 
you're certainly going to have the edge over most other factions uh, when it comes to bikes. But the thing I think I would be inclined to do with them is actually to, because they can charge and first fire, I would try and avoid putting them into close combat if I could and use, okay, it's only 25 range, but those two attack dice were minus two to save modifiers, great. Mm -hmm. And because they're so fast, you can get yourself into that 25 range without too much problem. So they're really powerful. So that's why I've taken an extra unit of them because of that. And the bite boys... Yeah, they're less good. They don't have weapons, but they've got a plus three calf, which means it's going to be in a par with most other factions. Again, 30 move rates. So, yeah, my cult speed is probably quite a high break point because I've added all these bikes onto it as well, which is what I was thinking. I don't want those points getting handed over too early in the game for a 2,000 pointer. And that's them. And I've also taken a war, war boss for the bad moons for the reasons we said. I suppose one thing I would mention, I don't think we, we did mention before, was there's effectively they've got 12 attack dice between them there's no six stands so if you think about it that's equivalent to a devastator's detachment and a devastator company would cost you a thousand points and if you had three or war bosses uh, special cards Mm -hmm. then you know you're getting that for 750 so that's another massive massive reason to do that but again, I accept it's not particularly flavourful not to have Gargants. I like seeing Gargants in the, in the force if, if possible. And the final card I've taken are Freebooters, and it's a free card. Unusually for a special card, you don't really see much of that. Mm-hmm. And the Freebooters, I'm just basically taking them because they are free. It's as simple as that. Um, the thing that is quite good about them is that they are independent, which, like the war boss, again, that's important, particularly at a, a low points cost like this because I've only got two clans, you know, so I've basically doubled the kind of number of groupings on the board by having the war boss and by having the freebooters. So, as I say, the, the freebooters aren't, you know, they're just, they're not much better than basic boys from a minute. I haven't really, to be honest, I've not, I've not actually really used them because Net Epic, I think you still have to, I think you have to pay for them in Net Epic. So I've always been more inclined to take the kind of War Boss or, or whatever, or the Gargants. Aye, they're basically like normal kind of vanilla boys. So. Yeah. Aye, the only weird thing about them is they have this kind of like squabble if the, if the captain dies, I think they have to elect another captain and there can be some, kind yeah, of, can be some kind of oddness where they'll just turn on each other or fight each other. But yeah, just, just to have another independent unit on the board is, is really good yeah um, just for, for grabbing an objective or something exactly you can also add i'm not showing them in the pictures but you can also add more mad boys to the equation as well there and that wraps up my two thousand points so on to three thousand what have you got craig yeah so for my three thousand points it's actually quite funny how similar our lists are we didn't see each other's list prior to going into this and i think there's actually more crossover than i even imagined there would be um considering the amount of units the orcs have got there's i think they've it's fair to say they've got the most variety of any force in second edition um but yeah there's obviously we've got our favorites so yeah uh, might be a bit quicker to run through than expected um but yeah same backbone again cult of speed badman clan but this time i've taken a golf clan as well now the Goths are, I think they're kind of billed as a close combat unit or a close combat clan, but they also do get pretty decent shooting bonuses just at a shorter range. And they've got additional knobs. So they've got four knobs, eh, sorry, eight knobs um, as opposed to the usual four that you would get with a kind of standard clan. Really powerful. Yeah, so the, so the knobs are really powerful. So again, they're one of these ones that you can do a lot of damage with them in shooting and in close combat. So they, yeah, they're really worth their weight. And I've taken three skull hammers to transport them around with and a battle wagon squadron to kind of spread them out a little bit. And um, I think the cards, I've got a giblet grinder, but it's a skull hammer, I just didn't have the card for it. 
Now again, no, just as as you said about skill hammers are really impressive for all reasons. They they're fast with a triple charge, got great range, really powerful, and they're also decent in a fight and pretty survivable as well. So putting the goths in there to get them up the field, and then once they're dropped off, the skull hammers also because they've got onboard knobs, so they can fight fairly independently as well. So once they've dropped off the the clan, they can go about their business and hopefully give some supporting fire to them. Other than that, I've kept the support more or less the same. So I've taken the Brain Crusher Squadron for the Badmans and the Barrel Burners for the Cult of Speed. I've taken the Mechboy Gargan, the Orc Warboss, and I've taken the Freebooters for the free special card as well for the for the reasons we discussed. Uh, I've had to drop the Mechboy Speedster this time, which is a wee bit of a shame because I'm losing out on those Mechboy Repair cards as well. But uh, hopefully, hopefully the sacrifice will be worth it. And yeah, filling up the support slots with, with Mad Boys again. So yeah, that's my 3,000 points. <laughs> yeah, I think my 3,000 is going to be uh, just about as fast. I've got the same spine to it. I've got the Bad Moons with a skull hammer, two squadrons of Battle Wagons, and the Weird Boy Battle Tower. And I've got the Cult of Speed again. I've taken Knobs War Bikes and Bite Boys, same as I did last time. I have dropped out the Bill Burners, regrettably, I love because I love them, but yeah, they had to go in this particular one, and the reason was because I'm having to take transports, same reasons as I was saying for the Badmans, sorry, the other clan I've taken is the Goff, same as you, for the reasons that you said, they're plus three in close combat, and they've got a minus one to save modifier, I think it's only 25 range they get from memory. Yeah, that's right. So again, I feel it's really necessary to get the transports for these guys because you want them in amongst the thick of it. Even more so than the the badmans, you want them in position quickly to get in range. The goths, you want them up the board as fast as possible because you're probably going to use them by and large as close combat specialists. So the battle wagons, two squadrons of them again, also adds to the break point which is handy to get them up the board quickly. And the Skullhammer battle fortress. Because of the size of the goth clan, you've got to be kind of fairly careful with that. Make sure that you've got enough transports. So effectively those... The two battle wagon squadrons can carry 18 stands between them and then another five for the skull hammer which is enough fortunately uh, <laughs> to get the, both the uh, the boys and the command unit uh, the, of the knobs up the board really quickly but again i'd agree with you you probably want to be using those knobs and get them into a building on an edge of woods is actually my, my kind of favorite mm. and have the boy the rest of the boys kind of surging forward if you can yeah i mean it's something you can do with the battle fortresses because they've got you know because they can still get orders when they're out of command coherency or whatever they can drop the boys off quite far up the field and the boys will just go into their instinctual kind of charge orders or whatever yeah once, once you drop them off and the knobs can stay behind and, and do some shooting so yeah there's a few a few tactics you can employ using that kind of combination yeah and that's how they're most effective anyway in close combat the, the boys that the 25 centimeter personally speaking is a bit too limiting it's handy sometimes but more often than not you're not going to be in 25 range unless you're closing in in any case you're probably just going to charge them because the plus three close assault factor and 15 of those guys is going to mount up even against the kind of best aspect warriors if you've got enough boys to outnumber them then yeah you probably can do something about it so yeah they're really really effective and again i've taken the free boots and yeah that's me my three thousand points so straight on to four thousand yeah rat- rattling through it i don't think we've ever agreed about so much so far <laughs> i know and like i say it's, it's odd i think i think possibly i've maybe gleaned most of my orc knowledge from you and that's probably why i've uh <laughs> 
um, got that way. But also, I am kind of playing stuff that I had as a kid to, for the most part. So it's just a bit of a, an odd coincidence, we'll see. Do you know what? I, I actually think, from what I've learned online, I think most second edition or net epic players are the same. It's because mm-hmm. you gravitate naturally towards the bad moons and the goths because of their strengths over the other ones. The other ones are pretty, you know, I don't mean this mm-hmm. bad, but they're, they're a bit bland by comparison. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the same argument even that I had with the, the Space Marines about tactical winnings. If you can have units which have, are stronger at one aspect than other ones, then of course you're going to naturally gravitate towards it. And the Cult of Speed, also we've talked about how important we think cavalry is, and really the Cult of Speed fulfills that role for the Orcs. Yep. It's very difficult to take bikes now as support for a clan because you're always kind of slowed down by how fast the clan can move. Mm-hmm. So unless you take, in theory, yeah, you could take knobs, war bikes, and then buggies or basic bikes, whatever you like, and then they could break off from the clan because you've got your knobs, war bikes to do so. But that's expensive, 200 points for, you know, they're, they're really good, the war bikes, mm-hmm. for 200 points, don't get me wrong. But, you know, would you not rather have transports to get particularly, you know, bad moons up the board? It's less important, uh, I suppose, if you were taking some of the other clans, because as I say, they do have that vanilla thing that they don't have. They're not particularly amazing at close assault and they're not great at shooting. So I don't think it's surprising particularly that we've picked these three as our core clans, as it were, because frankly, they're the most effective and, and I think most players would do the same. Yep. And I think they'd be surprised if we kind of deviated from that. Yeah, I mean, I think unless you've got a real love of the weirder and wonderful models that are specific to, or units that are specific to another clan, then there's not much incentive to take them. But we can, yeah, we can have a wee talk about that and round them off at the end, I guess. Yeah, definitely. We'll cover them. Um, yeah. Because that's one of two things I want to say about some of them. So anyway, <laughs> sure. 4,000 points. What have you got? Yep. So for my 4,000, I've got Cult Speed again. I've got the Bad Moon Clan, I've got the Goth Clan, and I've also taken an Evil Sons Clan this time. Oh. The Evil Sons are one of those fairly vanilla clans. In fact, they're probably worse off than a lot of them because you only get three knobs with them. But they are all mechanised. They're all loaded up in battle wagons. Yep. So again, at this point's value, just having a whole clan I can effectively peel off and go and grab an objective or do something um, independently effectively from the rest of the army is quite appealing. I've paired them with a little bit of shootiness. I've got the Spleen Rippers. Now, I really like the Spleen Rippers. They're, you know, a fast vehicle with a decent gun on them. I think it's a 75 centimeter range. I believe it's a 4 plus to hit and minus 2 save modifier. So they're pretty effective kind of armor killers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if I'm driving them around with my Evil Sons, then they'll need to be all going at the same sort of speed. They're all, this will be when the Evil Sons are in the in their um, battle wagons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So they'll be, yeah, they'll, be, they'll be loving it, but they'll also be um, along with the knobs in the battle wagons just to add some fire support. They're kind of restricted and they can't go off kind of tank hunting by themselves or whatever, but that's fine with me. I've brought the lift the dropper back in. Again, just to get those mech boy repair cards and also because it's a, a bit of a, a nasty weapon if it goes all to plan. For the Goths, I've given them the same thing, which just they've just got three skull hammers and some battle wagons to get them into the fight. Still got the war boss, still got the freebooters, still got the brain crushers for the bad moons. The only thing I've added to the bad moons this time is a weird boy battle tower. Um, for all the reasons you discussed, it was one of those one of those ones I had as a kid. Uh, or no, in fact, I didn't. I had a, I had a battle wagon with a cocktail stick and something... <laughs> some kind of like bit of Lego glue to the top of it. And that was my uh, Weird Boy Battle Tower for a number of years. And it sounds quite orky to me. Yeah, exactly. I looked the part. Mine was a, a battle wagon with, I didn't have the turret in it. I just, 
I just put one of the command pegs on it. It used to ah, get it for the, uh, that was that was how I did it. But yeah. yeah, wasn't I think I think yours sounds more orky than mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly did the job, and I think I've had similar experiences with it, where it can be game winning or game losing. Yeah, um, especially as I, I think I think the kind of points values you used to play were were about two thousand points, so the risk of losing half your force on turn two is pretty nasty. But yeah, it was good fun. So yeah, I think I think. Now that I've had a little bit of time to think about it, the Mad Boys, pairing that with the Bad Moon Battletower could potentially save your clan from getting wiped out, but you're then at the behest of the kind of instinctual rules, whatever, and your opponent may be able to take advantage of that, so I'm not sure. Need to, need to play test that one. <laughs> the only other thing I've done is I've dropped the Mech Boy Gargant and replaced it with a Slasher this time. Uh, again, that's partly nostalgia because I had a Slasher back in the day. I didn't have a Mech Boy, but yeah, it's a wee bit more conventional and it's got slightly more, say, Titan Killery weapons on it. It's got the Gut Buster Cannon, um, as we talked about earlier. Um, so I think at this point's value, you're probably going to start coming up against Titan and stuff so yeah I've taken that along what weapons would you take other than the, the gut buster i think it's probably worth mentioning the gut buster has a few options on it as well yeah you've got the chain thing which can take down the titans mm-hmm. there's a kind of air burst i think it's called where it's a kind of huge template but everything mm-hmm. is a plus one to their save That's so right. not so effective against vehicles but definitely still would you probably still take a lot of infantry down with it and the the ball round, oh, the ball round's my favourite. <laughs> it's definitely my favourite, particularly against squats. I really like it against the squats because if you hit, it basically rams through all the void shields and I think it's a minus three to save modifier from memory or four maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's quite effective in destroying Praetorians actually. And even in the epic with the damage table, certainly it's it's hard to save against it, that's for sure, ball round. Yeah, no. The gut busters uh, really good for pretty much everything, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably take the slash attack gun, which is just a kind of... It's a bit boring. It's got 50 centimeter range, 5 dice, 4 plus to hit, minus 2 modifier, so... Doesn't sound boring to me. <laughs> no, it's, it's just... It's just it's not very orky. It's just, it's just a really good all-round weapon for taking out armor. Yeah, 5 attack dice with a minus 2 is pretty awesome. Um, So yeah, I'd take one of those. And I've always taken a Ripper Fist just because that's what it's modelled with, which again is a bit of a bit of a misleading one because it does actually have a 75 centimetre range because it's got these two cannons on the side of it. So it, again, fires two attack dice, hitting on fours with a minus two. So it's similar, just at more dice effectively in a little bit more range than the slash attack gun. But it also acts as a close combat weapon, adding an extra d6 just in case anyone is crazy enough to charge your, your <laughs> slash gargant. I don't think you'll ever get the opportunity of charging your slash gargant into an enemy unless there's, something's went really wrong. But, but yeah, there's some really good options for the gargant weapons are all again it, it helps boost the orc range as well because a lot of them are 75 centimeters plus which is really nice because it's definitely a limitation of the, the orcs as we talked about last time with the chaos that kind of 50 centimeter core range is anything you can go above that is a real bonus so yeah there's some really good options for the for the gargant weapons i've just been looking at the rules there while, <laughs> while you were talking and so yeah there's no bonus to the to the damage roll it's minus four modifier i didn't mention that the template is a lot smaller it's only a three centimeter template for the ball round you roll 4d6 and it'll move that number of centimeters from your target and roll keep rolling to destruction that's right um, yeah. so you can really take out quite a lot of stuff if you mm-hmm. depending on how your opponent's set up any opponent that's kind of savvy to that stuff will not do it but certainly i use it as a praetorian killer because of the minus four to save modifier it means that you know i'm guaranteed to get, at least get a roll well, not guaranteed, but highly likely to be able to roll on the damage table for it. So, And if you're playing second edition Praetorians, then it's basically the opponent has to roll 5+, plus or his Praetorians gone. 
that's that end of story. So yeah, that's my favourite against the squats, definitely, because of those praetoriums they like to bring. It's a, <laughs> a nice antidote towards it. Of course, if it scatters, you do have to roll for scatter, first of all, to see where it lands. So it's not a given that it will hit where it wants to. No. And I suppose the other thing we should mention about the gut buster is that there's a whole turn where it doesn't do anything as well. So once you've fired it, you can't fire the next turn. So that's a bit of a disadvantage about it, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, no, that's fine. That's me. That's my 4,000. What have you got? I've pretty much kept everything that I had before. So I've got the, the same kind of spine. Oh, the, the bad moons have changed slightly here. I've given them two giblet grinders and one squadron of battle wagons, which again is enough to bring the whole clan into battle. The giblet grinders are it's always a bit of a kind of toying cost for me between the skull hammers and the giblet grinders, which is appropriate because they're both the same points because they both cost 100 points for one. They both carry five stands. Now, the giblet grinders don't have that triple charge that the skull hammers do, but what they do have instead is a death roller, <laughs> which is a, which is a, it's basically a kind of spike roller on the front of the vehicle. And if there's infantry in front of you and you, you've got movement, you can basically overrun them and spike now splatter them underneath this death roller thing so every time you encounter an infantry stand you know a dice and it's four plus the stand has to make a save now most units in second don't have any saves um so quite often that means that they're dead so you get a 50 50 chance so if you're really lucky you might go on a rampage and splatter a whole load of <laughs> a whole load of uh, infantry troops so I really like that about them. Again, they're the same as the Skullhammers. I think you mentioned it, Gray. I think I missed it earlier on, which is that they can go off and do their own thing. They've got a kind of squad of knobs on board. They don't get the, you know, the same charge and first fire bonus that normal knobs do, but it does mean you can break it off, which is really handy. And the other thing that I think is really good about the Giblet Grinder is it's got five attack dice, 50 range, and it's minus one to save modifiers. So it's a tricky one to pick which is the best out of the two. So in this occasion, I've decided that the... To be honest, actually, now that I'm thinking again about it, I think I would put... I think I'd put the Giblet Grinders with the Goths. Okay. But then, well, but then again, the Skullhammer... Then you don't, you don't, you don't get a triple charge, though. It's the triple yeah, charge. Exactly. The, big, the big seller for me. That's why I've always yeah. been Skullhammers. But yeah, I do find the Giblet Grinder appealing, especially as like a fire support platform. It does, you know, those extra dice. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so I'm going to stick with my original instinct. Giblet Grinders are with the Bad Moons because even though they get 50 range, so do the Bad Moons. I'm trying to get them in mm-hmm. 50 range. So it makes sense to me that they're going to be in 50 range as well. So... Yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. I've also taken the cult speed is pretty much as it was when extra knobs were bikes, extra bite boys, and the bill burners are back for this points cost, just because I love them. And the goths I have oh, I think I missed I don't think I mentioned it when I was on the previous one and I'm sure they were there. Mm. The gut rippers mm-hmm. who are one of the kind of specific units you can take for the goths and again it's a, it's a bit like what i was just describing there with the giblet guns and skull hammers there's two specific vehicles i'll come at the other one uh, later maybe the gut ripper i like because it has because it's got these kind of claws in the front of it <laughs> it's got a plus four uh, close assault factor which means if any bikes try and take it on they're going to take a bit of uh, punishment m- themselves and they've got the Blast the cannon, which is 50 range, one dice, five or six, but a minus two to save modifier, which is good. Again, the orcs don't have brilliant firepower overall. I should mention, by the way, I've, I've not got any brain crushers, which is really unusual for me. I also like the brain crushers a lot, that minus three to save modifier. I can't really tell you why I haven't done it on this, on this occasion, but I did realise that you were going to take them, so I thought, well, I'll do other things. <laughs> so, yeah, the 
the Goths have got two lots of battle wagons and two skull hammers as well, so extra fire support. I've got another war boss here, and the last thing I've taken, uh, my 4,000 points of the Renegade Mech Boys. I quite like the Renegade Mech Boys. Well, they're a variable quality, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> the Dragster, I'll just start with that. It doesn't have any weapons, but it's got a deflector shield, and it's a big kind of airburst template, which is... Uh, 12 centimetres. 12 centimetres, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I knew it's the big one. Um, and basically creates this field around itself, and anybody else that's inside it, if the, an enemy shoots at them, it might deflect to things. I'm not going to go into the kind of nuts and bolts rules about this, but basically sometimes the shot deflects and it goes off in a random direction. So depending on where it goes, sometimes it will maybe end up hitting another vehicle. But sometimes it's repelled back and it actually can harm <laughs> the, the, the uh, issuing units itself. Not so lightly unless they're pretty close by, but anyway, it's quite handy because it does protect them. I've also taken, yeah, you'll see this in the photographs I've been watching on YouTube. I've taken the Bubble Chucker Speedster. Mm. I'm not mad in that, to be honest. It's uh, probably the least favourite of all the units. It's pretty hard to get it to work effectively. It is quite a good thing if you can get it to work, to get it on a Titan weapon. So Because if, if you can get it on one of them, if it was me that was the Titan and I had one of those things, mm -hmm. the bubbles attached to the weapon, I wouldn't fire it because it's just it's a chance it'll rebound back in yourself and it's too big a risk to take. So it's maybe worth... I've, I've got one in because I feel it's worth a gamble. I've also taken Destructor Rockets Speedsters and they're basically a kind of barrage unit and they've got variable number of barrage points that you roll, so it's artillery dice. Again, it's the same thing as I was describing earlier on, that the cannon of corn had, where you just roll the dice and it tells you how many barrage points and it can misfire, and it'll be a, a save at minus two. I also agree with you, I, I do like the lift of dropper speedsters, but <laughs> you'll notice that there's none in my <laughs> Renegade Mech Boys. I think, being honest, I would probably get rid of the bubble chucker, probably get rid of the yep. destructor rockets to take two of them. But the reason I didn't was because the colour scheme I've got for my, for my uh, super lifter droppers is, is for the death skulls and I didn't feel it was thematic. Fair enough. Even though there's uh, dragsters in here that, that aren't thematic either. Yeah. Anyway, I do think the lifter dropper speedster is really effective. That, you know, four plus minus four and it kind of throws the tank through the air and can possibly take out something if it's... Mm -hmm. A lighter unit than it. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. So they are good, and yeah, they're incredi incredibly frustrating to play against. I'll say that. Um, I hadn't encountered them at all until playing against you with them and that the whole dragster with the deflector shield thing, and it's just an absolute nightmare. <laughs> um, I don't know whether it's better just to avoid them, but yeah, it's something I'm still trying to build up towards. I've collected just about enough dragsters now to <laughs> to put one of the cards together, but I'm missing a few bits and bobs. So when it comes, I don't think I'll have the luxury of. Uh, Picking and choosing what units go into it will just be what you've got. Whatever, and get my grubby, grubby mitts on, yeah. Well, my favourite of all the Met Boy vehicles, and I've got quite a few of them, sorry to say. Well, you might be sorry to see. Is um, the Custom Cannon Speedster, which is again uses the same thing of the artillery dice, as it's called. The, so if you don't get a misfire, it's going to give you between 2 and 10. Instead of barrage points, these are attack dice. So, you know, if I get really lucky, I'm going to be rolling 40 attack dice from four units. That is insane. <laughs> Very unlikely to happen, obviously. And the misfire is the same deal again, minus two to your save modifying. But, you know, it's not an auto kill. And the other thing I should mention about the Metboy vehicles is they all have some kind of technology or fields on them. So it means that they've got a variable armor save. So every single shot that hits, and this is 
I think it's slightly annoying, to be honest. <laughs> I wish it was yeah. just, you rolled it at the start <laughs> of the game. But basically, every time a shot hits you, you roll a dice to see what your armor save is. And it ranges between, from memory, one and three as a basic save. And then obviously that can be modified by whatever's hitting you. So, you know, they're pretty durable. They're pretty, they can stand up to a bit of fire. And that's even without taking into consideration the dragsters, which are given that deflector field so i think if you get quite a few custom cannon speedsters they can be pretty effective and pretty worrying to see forming up against you particularly when you know that when you're firing at them there's a good chance this deflector field thing's going to just knock it away so yeah i'm a fan of renegade met boys i think to me at this size of force i probably should be bringing a at least a slasher gargant but to me they're, they're actually more effective than a slasher gargant which even though the slash has got that gut buster cannon, it's really limited to two weapons, isn't it? Beyond that. Yeah, it's just got the two two arm weapons. Yeah. So to me, the Met Boys are it's a bit of a no brainer that, you know, you've got several vehicles here that can do something rather than get three attacks from the slasher. Yeah, certainly like I say, I've, I've only ever played against them and I think they're probably the most frustrating unit I've played against. <laughs> so yeah, if that's any kind of um, endorsement of them then then yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's my 4,000, and we're on to the big 5 What have you got for 5,000? Yeah, so again, this is more like a, a game of spot the difference now. <laughs> so I've got the Cult of Speed, Badman Clan, Goth Clan, Evil Sons, as before. Goth Clan still all getting transported in the Skullhammers with a battle wagon squad attached to them. The Evil Sons have got the Spleen Rippers and the... Left to drop a speedster, and I've reinstated the bell burners with them as well. And in fact, I'm not sure where I put them. If I put them with a cult of speed or with the evil sons, I'd need to check that. But uh, the Badman Clan, they've got the Weird Boy Battle Tower and the Brain Crushers again. This time, I've added the controversially the Mech Boy Pulsar Rockets. Just uh, <laughs> again, a pure nostalgia hit. So I'll take you down memory lane. But as a, as a poor child growing up, I didn't have the Orkin Squat Warlord supplement, so I was fielding my orc army based on what was in the core second edition rulebook and a couple of white dwarf articles uh, and whatever my brother brought back from the games workshop store and one of the things we did have was pulsar rockets and i remember them being amazing but i think we either misplayed them or <laughs> uh, just, just was incredibly lucky or i think one of the things was we, we probably played on odd sized tables probably kind of dining room tables maybe like three by fours or or whatever so they're a bit unwieldy i guess when it comes to like guessing the range for firing them that kind of thing they're a real gamble unit but again with most orc things you kind of gamble with them and if it pays off it pays off you do get the two custom repair cards with them still so that's quite good so i suppose they've got that little bit of a incentive to take them but they are quite expensive at 250 points there's probably and definitely better things you could take without a doubt you could take an orc warboss for example or um if you had the, the special card slots for it but yeah i've taken them just for the nostalgia factor and i just like the I like the models I like the idea of them so i've taken them i've still got the mech boy oh sorry i've swapped out the slasher for a mech boy gargant again going back the way if you look at it that way um and i've also taken a great gargant this time again just because it's one of these for five thousand points you want a great gargant in there i guess yeah. just for the or the orkiness of it and again it gives you access to a few more weapons effectively you can take what you'd normally take with the slasher with the gut buster and the and that but you'd, you'd also take i would also take the, the gatling cannon then you've got access to things like scorcher heads and the mork head and, and things like that so there's a lot more options for it 
other than that, I've still got the war boss in there and I've got the freebooters. So, and then filling up the rest of the support slots of mad boys. So yeah, it's getting, getting quite a force at 5,000 points with the orcs. You definitely get a lot of um, bang for your buck at that point's value. <laughs> I guess the only kind of caveat I would say is, like, again, I've been trying to take these as, as unique units as possible. I think when it gets to 5,000 points, I'd probably start mobbing up a few of these choices. So I'd maybe have a sacrifice a few things and get some extra spleen rippers in there and extra brain crushes. But yeah, that's uh, another list for another day, I think. Nice. And that's my 5,000 points. Okay, for my 5,000, and contrary to what I just said, I did put brain crushes in. <laughs> so I'm glad about that because I do love the brain crushes and they do tend to turn up quite a lot in my army lists. Uh, again, that minus three to save modifier is great for dealing with land raiders and, and super heavy tanks as well. The only kind of drawback with them is that they, they're a little brittle. I think they've got a three plus save. They've got 100 range though, which is really important. So the one thing that's slightly problematic about them is that that's the kind of unit I would like to have camping in the back line. So the reason that my brain crushers are painted in blue and white is because I usually attach them to the Death Skulls clan, so who, I'll, who I'll mention at the end here. Mm-hmm. Because I quite like the Death Skulls using them. I pretty much just treat the clan itself as, as muck. <laughs> and I like to have them having these kind of long-range weapons and, and I would probably, if I had the death skulls, I might I might even have the shock attack guns because people have been singing their praises to me and, and saying that you know, I've been overlooking them. They're another kind of highly variable unit, but they can cause mayhem if, you, if you're lucky with them. I've got the bad moons with the two goblet grinders, the bad moon weird boy tower, bat wagons, and the brain crushers have been added to them. The cult of speed has been cut right back this time, and it's only I've only taken some extra war bikes, which isn't great for the breakpoint, but the reason we'll get to that in a second. The goths is exactly the same as the last time. Two skull hammers, two battle wagon squadrons. Again, you need that many to transport this lot. That's the problem with them. Um, and this time, for sheer variety alone, I've decided to take the Lungbuster instead of the Gut Ripper. Mm. Again, it's a bit of a coin toss between the two of them. All it really changes is the Lungbuster's not so good at close combat. It's only a plus one as opposed to the Gut Ripper's plus four. But the reason you're losing that is because the weapon is the same except that the Lungbuster has 75 range instead of 50 range, which I... That's uh, that's an epic thing. Is it? Wow. Yeah. So this this is the weirdest point about this whole thing that the Lungbuster and the Gut Ripper have the exact same stats in second edition, exact same point cost, except for the Gut Ripper's got a plus four calf and the Lungbuster's got plus one. So that's been uh, that's errated, I guess, in the well, There's no reason otherwise you would take the Lungbusters. So there's it's weird there's, <laughs> there's absolutely no reason to take Lungbusters. It's a real <laughs> shame because I had Lungbusters as a kid again. And <laughs> go back to the Sad, sad tales of my youth, but I had long busters and I had got um, gut rippers. But yeah, in second edition, it's gut rippers all the way. No reason to take long busters. Sounds like there was maybe a typo though, because otherwise, you... yeah, something, something that's again, it's maybe worth putting out there to the community. I don't know if it was ever ratted or if it was ever FAQ'd or anything, but it's a weird one. Definitely an odd thing to have because they could have maybe made the gut rippers a bit more expensive or or done something. But yeah, as as it stands, it's just the calf that's different for the same price. That's interesting. Oh, well. You learn something new every day. (laughs) There you go. I've just been playing the Epic for so long that I've got this in my head. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, minus two to save modifiers, so that's that's pretty good as well. But yeah, the fact that the Epic's got it at 75 does make them more flexible from that point of view that I always feel makes a big difference. Oh, definitely. Extra 25. Again, I've got the, the Renegade Mech Boys, same 
set up there. And basically that's it, except I finally, finally got a slasher gargant in and I've taken a great gargant. I just feel at 5,000 points, you've got to have yeah. at least one in, but I felt I wanted to make up for the fact that I haven't, <laughs> haven't had them feature <laughs> until now that I wanted both in. And really they're great units. The other thing you mentioned about them, well, there's one big drawback, which is the speed of them which is a bit, a bit of a problem because I tend to find I've got to have to charge them in turn one and it means they can't fire and then it's really turn two that they get into the fight. But the thing that's amazing about the Gargants is the amount of punishment that they can take. <laughs> Compared to about anything else in the game, I think the only things that could be above it would be obviously Mega Gargants and, and like the Imperator time. But I mean, you can take loads of hits, you can have fires blazing on the thing and it can still shamble on for ages. So that's one of the reasons I really like the Gargants, because they can take such punishment. But yeah, I do find the, the kind of slow movement a bit more of an issue. Particularly, certainly at the lower costs, I feel that you've got to go with war bosses because if you stick a great Gargant in at a, you know, a 3,000 or less, definitely, then I, I don't think you're going to get much effectiveness out of it because it can be easily outflanked by some units. But yeah, the, the firepower's on it's it's great. And uh, I'm not going to go through all the weapons options but yeah there's a number of different options and I think you covered actually quite a few of them when you were talking about it anyway. I also gave you with that Gatlin cannon I, I like that. Mm -hmm. To be honest I usually arm it up with the things that are actually on my my given model. I've mm -hmm. got I don't know why but I've got a bit of a thing about that that it's a bit of an OCD thing that I feel that it's got to reflect what's actually on the model so. Yeah I always play that way as well to be fair. Yeah. They are a wee bit on the pricey side as well I would say. Mm -hmm. That's a kind of downside with them. So but I do think you are paying for that kind of level of punishment that they can take. Yeah, they've got to be in there for a 5,000. It's as simple as that. Definitely. Two of them in there and that, that should cause some mayhem. <laughs> and that's it. So that's us covered our main army list. So I think we should really talk about the other clans because they're not, mm -hmm. they deserve some, some a little bit of chat here. Yep. So the first one, in fact, you've you used the Evil Sons. Uh, what I was wanting to add about the Evil Sons from earlier on was that they're all mechanised. And the, the thing that's really important about that is, you'll have seen in my list there, all, right across the board, where I have had to put transports in yep. as support cards. And the fact that it's already covered in the card is such a big bonus, because then you can really load out your support cards with stuff that you really want or might not necessarily use. So I, I think it's good from that point of view, because it means that you're not having to tie points up or any other transport, you know. Mm -hmm. I do think it is essential for all these other clans that you get them into the transports even if it's just battle wagons it doesn't really matter I think you've got to have them in there unless you're going to set them up as I say to defend deep yep. then I think you really have to have those transports so that's the one thing that I think is great about the Evil Sons that it allows you to take a lot of vehicles and things that you probably wouldn't be able to do with the other clans because you're having to devote transports to get them up in the battlefield the Death Skulls, again, as I say, they're another one that I really like just because they're basically a bunch of thieves and they can take any support card that they like mm -hmm. uh, from any clan. And I think that's a good thing. That, that means that you can totally change how you play them and get things in there. If you're if, if there's a particular thing from a, a certain clan that you, and you don't really want to take that clan, I think, they're, I think they're great because you can do that and it gives you that versatility. And that then leaves... Oh, the snake bites, I, I quite like the, I, I do like the snake bites, but I find them too pricey to justify. That's my big problem. Yeah, and it's really because you know this. Uh, <laughs> I made some 
my own versions of uh, because I can I, I just find them too expensive to justify paying the money for was the uh, the Orchiosaurus or uh, Giants or is it Great Squigoth or something that's called Megasquigoth. Megasquigoth. They're all come under that umbrella. They've got different names, but yeah, th- I don't think that was actually in second edition in the first instance. Yeah. And um, yeah, I really liked. I really like having them on the board, but they're uh, two hundred and fifty points, and uh, I think they're too expensive really to kind of justify. Very powerful in terms of their calf. Mm-hmm. They've got weapon that fires a barrage, which is all right. Other than that, they've got a few kind of close range weapons, but they're not. To me, they're not two hundred and fifty points worth, or maybe two hundred. No. I think that's that's the thing. I don't think there's anything, even with a lot of the additions in NetEpic to the, the clan-specific stuff, there's not much there to really, you know, there's not a standout unit that would make you want to take any of those clans that we've not taken so far. Yeah. The base options you get with uh, in second edition for the snake bites, uh, you've got the boar boys, which is quite good cavalry yeah. unit. You've got squid catapults, which are fairly, I don't, I don't know, stats on them just doesn't doesn't really sing to me. And then you've got the Squiggiths again, which are okay-ish sounding, but again, not very powerful. Like, yeah, there's nothing really to justify taking them, as far as I can tell. Another thing that I find quite frustrating when I used to play the the uh, Snake Bites was that the, the board boys can't really get to work because they're held back by the rest of the mob. So it's a bit... Yeah, yeah I, I didn't understand that because they don't have... Well, they, I think that's maybe why the Mega Squiggith came about, because it basically allows you a way to transport a lot of troops. But Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting if they maybe made the Boar Boys knobs or something like that, or, or done something to give them a little, a little bit of edge. But yeah, as, as it stands, they're a bit of a, bit of a damp squig. Oh, damp squig. Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Teed you up for that one, I was waiting for it. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, that... I want to like them more, but and I like the idea of them. That's the thing that that kind of annoys me that the stuff I don't find that performs as well enough. Because I would have been, I was tempted to put them in, and I was tempted to put the death skulls in. But when it came down to the five thousand points, if I'm being completely honest, I wouldn't choose them over you know those three core clans that we talked about: the goths, the badmans, and the cult of speed. I, I just couldn't justify it. But I have taken them on occasion, and as I say, I do tend to use them just for defending deep because I don't give them vehicles to transport. And the last one, which is an interesting idea, but to me doesn't appeal at all, is the the blood axes. And what's kind of unique about them is that basically they're obsessed by human technology, so they have rhinos and land raiders. But there's again, there's nothing really special about that. I mean, to me, if I want to use land raiders and rhinos, then I'll just I'll have them again with the marines. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't see the point of it. I just that that's the thing about it. Um, so I'm sorry being down in the <laughs> in the blood axes, but I've yeah. never had any occasion. And and you know what? When I was painting them, I was doing it just to have them. Yeah, I knew yeah. for a fact I was never going to use them. See, I, I like the idea of them, and I like the kind of modelling opportunities as well. Kind of get one of those kind of lo- custom looted vehicles and stuff like that. But again, yeah, it's just it's just you wouldn't take them in nine out of ten times. So. Another thing is as well, they've got. A, I think there's a rule about them. If um, mm-hmm. if they were to lose the knobs, that other clans can't won't step in because they basically don't trust. Yeah, them. And, vi- and vice versa. The yeah, they, they can't command other clans. Yeah, as I, uh, that's that's. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the rule. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's another limitation. So you don't really need it. Mm-hmm. But there's not really that many reasons to take them. But no. It's probably because I'm not in the modeling side so much. I think that might be part of my problem. I mean, I've literally just put their basic rhinos mm-hmm. and land raiders, and I've just put a, a kind of green colour on them, but it just doesn't do it for me. But 
Yeah, so is there any other units you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many, but a lot of them are just meh. I think you, you alluded a little bit earlier about the shock attack guns being maybe overlooked. I think, I think you're right. I think they can be really effective. The big one for me, or the big in terms of size and iconicness, um, again, is, is the Stompers. Like, I would love to use the Stompers more, and I think the opportunity to use them, you get them with the, the Warlord card as well, which is an even more impressive war boss you get them along with that so i would be tempted to take them along with that card um, as an option but they just move too slowly they've got 50 centimeter range they're never going to get in close combat with anything to use that eight close assault factor and they're not you know they're, they're pretty tough but you'd be better off with more skull hammers and more giblet grain or something like that yeah they just don't have the they don't have the presence they deserve given how big they are and how stompy they are I think even something as simple as maybe having them 15 centimeter remove would give you the option of them at least keeping up. But just as it stands, they're just kind of ineffective. And it's such a, such a shame because I love them. Yeah, I'm the same. Actually, one of the things I was going to mention at the end is that you and I are going to be playing a game on this, which hopefully might appear on YouTube at some point. Mm-hmm. And um, I was saying to you before we came on air that I've been doing a bit of tinkering and the stompers have been in and out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and currently they're out. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Which I, which is you know I, I could see reasons to for uh, for having them again it's that thing I just wanted to have them I wanted to use them because I've got so many of them anyway it was one of those things that came mm-hmm. when you got the box sets they gave you quite a lot of them so yeah I just wish they were a bit more effective yeah I think there's reasons for taking it but yeah just need to be a bit better I think one of the other units I quite like and I don't remember if it was in first edition uh, sorry second edition or not are the copters. Yeah, they weren't. No, they weren't in second edition. They weren't. Aye, it's an epic edition as well. Quite like them because they're fast and they're independent, which means they can break off and cause a bit of mayhem. They are quite expensive. Yeah, there's things like um, in second edition, the orcs didn't have any flyers. There's a kind of the article about flyers that mentions that orcs just don't fly because at the stage in kind of forty k lower and stuff like that, they didn't fly either. But hmm. eventually, they did. They did get flyers in them um, third edition, and they've had them ever since. I think they're quite a popular unit in forty k and stuff like that nowadays. You've got the fighter bombers, and you've got the whole aeronautical imperial Alice. I said that wrong, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and you've got that. You've got that um, whole game with them in it, and uh, so they, they've kind of became quite a an oddly iconic orc unit now, which they didn't used to be. Um, but I suppose it's yeah, it's quite good, quite good to give them the option of having them. But yeah, there's there's quite a few things in in the epic that have been added. Um, I think the orcs have probably got a good outing out of it, or a good number of new units, which again does make some of the clans a little bit more tempting to take for their kind of specialised units yeah, in base second edition. A lot of the other stuff that we've not covered, it all kind of follows that same theme of being something like kind of various buggies like. Things like the gob smashes and war tracks and all that kind of stuff. They, they all kind of like that boat or shot thing, which is probably most hated stat line in Epic, is that to come reading. I would never pay for it. It would need to be under some weird condition that we were either playing a campaign game where we had a set amount of units or some kind of random unit, random list generator that we were using because I just can't consciously take them. <laughs> it's just, which is a shame. No, I. I... I agree with you. Same with the things like the tractor cannon and things like that. Because um, I had loads of them mm-hmm. and, I, and I always wanted to be, you know, semi-effective, but I never really found it well. Yeah, there's quite a number of uh, units like that. I agree with you that, yeah, just aren't quite there. But yeah, I think the flyers are quite interesting and epic as well. I think they are a good thing to have in there. And uh, but yeah, it's one of those things you should always talk about with your opponent if you're going to use them. So that they're aware because it's a bit unfair if you bring flyers to the board without the other person expecting yeah, so the next episode uh, will be the squats. 
and this is a point where you and I are going our separate ways effectively. You'll still hopefully come on and yep. chip in, but it'll be my choice is the, the squats because we feel that the squats are fairly limited in what they've got. And, you know, we're just, we are going to end up, even though, I mean, we, we did, it was a bit of a surprise to me that we had lists that were so similar, but then, like I said, mm-hmm. golf's cult of speed, bad moons. Is it a real surprise? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so, yeah, squats will be up next. So hopefully you'll join us for that. In the meantime, as I say, hopefully we're going to get a live game. So it'll be a different format from my usual battle reports. Well, not live, it'll not be broadcast live, but live footage or recorded footage at the time. Yes. Um, which is which is unusual because I usually just photograph everything and then make it look as if it's a video a wee bit. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully that'll work. And it'll be decent enough that I can actually... <laughs> feel it's worth broadcasting um, so hopefully watch out for that and I will be continuing for the Epic Armageddon fans Beyond the Green River will be continuing on a monthly basis and the next episode of that's in the canon it should already be broad- in fact it will be broadcast by the time you hear this and so hope you're enjoying that and yeah I think that <laughs> wraps up all of the epic plans for the future so i'm looking forward to getting a game with you craig because that's that... yeah me too it's been a while yeah obviously the pandemic happened and stopped us so i'm really excited about that mm-hmm. win or lose i don't actually care i'll just i'm just excited <laughs> to play epic again. you say that but you've also been telling me you've been you know having sleepless nights about this list you're building and <laughs> taking things out and putting things in i'm slightly worried i, I set mine in stone after about five minutes and then uh, walked away so i'm a bit worried now. Well, it's the Stompers. It's just the Stompers. Yeah, the, the yeah, ones sure, I, sure. because I wanted them, and and then then I just thought, no, they're not good enough. They're just not good enough. I, need, I can do something better with that. That's oddly, I, oddly, I mean, I'm playing Chaos in this game. I think they could work quite well against Chaos. They're one of the ones that are kind of, I guess, they're on a par. They're a bit chaosy, slow moving, fifty centimeter range, but hard hitting. So. That was the reason I was thinking about it. It's because I did feel both sides are going to be relatively slow moving. And I thought, yeah, maybe they will get into the fight, but nah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to spam Renegade Met Boy units instead. Just yeah, that's it. That's it. Just as many yeah, custom shooters as I can possibly find. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed chatting about it. Uh, the Orcs, um, yeah, a big favourite force of mine. I, I just love the idea of them. And um, mm. the Goths and Bad Moons in particular, I, I, I've always had a well, not always, because it was uh, the Orcs were another force that came very late for me. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was the same thing. I had the plastic kits, mm-hmm. and I really only had battle wagons, and I wasn't really into proxying mm-hmm. particularly, so it wasn't the greatest. So I, I never really used them that often. It was it was only when I, I think the kind of late 2000s, okay. um, when I started getting on eBay and getting all these vehicles and toys that I always <laughs> wished I had the money for when I was a teenager, um, that I actually finally got a decent force, and, and then it took me a wee while as well to get used to playing them and, and to use them effectively and, and then and to actually realise that those war bosses are protecting the <laughs> protecting the knobs <laughs> is uh, definitely key uh, to success with them and uh, yeah I've had a lot of fun uh, playing with them and since I got it up to a, a standard that I wanted it to be I really really enjoy playing the Orcs now yeah I think I probably play them them and squats a bit more than probably most people do I think mm-hmm. I used to be a big fan of the the Eldar in particular, but I think the Orcs, just because it was new, because I played the Eldar so much back in the day and I had enough of the units that it wasn't really a problem not having all the, the extra. Like the Eldar like, was pretty well covered from the, the kind of plastic box set you used to get. So they were always my kind of 
go-to force. Marines, I don't find that exciting because they're all just, there's not that much variety. So the Orcs is quite exciting to me because it always kind of presents me with a headache with the army construction, trying <laughs> try to get all the things in that you want to have yeah. and you, you never can, is the, is the, <laughs> the bottom line. <laughs> anyway, I'm just blethering now. So thanks for joining me, Craig, as always, and uh, enjoy the conversation. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And um, until next time, keep on living the life of die.